My name is Saul Wordsworth, and this is the Transportation Podcast from TTI. Hello, I'm Saul Wordsworth, Editor-at-Large of Traffic Technology International, the world's leading publication for traffic management, intelligent transportation systems, and tolling. Welcome to the Transportation Podcast from TTI. Our interview today is with Steve Morello, Senior Advisor with CDM Smith. Steve talks road user charging, or RUC, educating drivers about what RUC is paying for, the switch to EVs, and how the do-nothing approach is no longer viable. But first... It's time to check in with TTI editor Tom Stone, live from his luxury home on England's south coast. I believe you've got a busy week next week, Thomas. I have. I have got a busy week, a busy month coming up. And you've got busy. We've got busy times. Um, Next week, Trafex, which is the the big, big show happens at the uh, uh, NEC in Birmingham. I'll be going up to that, but there's a clash, isn't there, Saul? There is absolutely a clash, clash and I will be at Move London. I went to the this is the second one they've done almost in six months because I went to one in back in November, which was very, very good. Great conference programme, a smaller exhibition than uh, than Traffic, but you know, no, nevertheless, an interesting, interesting event, and one you'll be doing a bit of moderation at some of their sessions, one or two of them, I think. Oh, I'm moderating two panel sessions. Uh, the first is how are we going to share space and redistribute it amongst modes of transport? And uh, I think the second is about new parking technologies that are increasing traffic flow. So I'll be looking forward to that. Excellent. Yeah, it's all, it's all interesting stuff. And there'll be lots, lots more of that kind of stuff up in Birmingham. I'm going to say Birmingham is best. Is it Birmingham, Alabama or Birmingham, England? It's Birmingham, Birmingham England. And yeah, uh, you know. I know you think London's better than Birmingham, but on this occasion, I'm going to say Birmingham's better than London. Do I think London's better than Birmingham? I know it to be so. It's an empirical fact. So tell, tell me, Tom, who is our interview today? I spoke with Steve Morello, who is a consultant in the uh, tolling industry, particularly road user charging uh, area, which, <coughs> which we're going to be looking at. In the, in the coming, I mean, this second half of the year for TTI, we do have a tolling focus. We've got, we've got, we're going to be looking at road user charging in the next edition. We're also going to be focusing on the ITS World Congress in Los Angeles, another big event. The IBTTA annual meeting happens the same week. Um, and then we continue our tolling focus later in the year in our uh, November, December issue. Um, it's, uh, it, yeah, we're going, we're, we're going tolling crazy. And it kicks off right here with Steve Morello, and I think he's a great—he's a great guy who's enthusiastic about, uh, about about the subject. Thomas Stone, always a pleasure, never a chore. I'll speak to you soon. Enjoy your busy week next week. Now it's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy Tom's chat with Steve Morello, senior advisor with CDM Smith. Steve Morello. Hi, how are you today? I'm great. It's great to see you. Um, We're here at the ITS European Congress. 
Um, but we're putting this out. Uh, I, this is going to go out as a podcast uh, in, a, in a week or so's time. Um, so, but, was, but the Congress has been great. Um, and one of the things we've been talking about here uh, is something you're an expert in, road user charging, ruck. Well, the one thing I would say about road uses charging or what we say is paying to drive on the roads as a utility-based model is I'm hearing a lot of discussions at this ITS Congress on sustainability, the, the, the change to, to EVs, to zero emission vehicles overall, but I haven't heard much about how are you going to pay for that. And the reality is, is that in some parts of the world, especially in the U.S., and I've had the pleasure and honor of working at the coalface in the U.S. on a multitude of pilots dealing with analyzing what will it take to change the paradigm. And the paradigm is from a current rather tax-based system where you pay tax on your petrol or your gasoline, and whether or not it's hypothecated as it is in the States or not in Europe, it's mostly utilized to help maintain and operate the roads. Today, as we see in the United States of America, an average person in the U.S. spends about 50 U.S. cents a gallon, which comes out about maybe 19 or no, 9 cents a liter. 9 U.S., 9 to 12 cents, Euro, uh, Euro cents a liter, whereas in Europe, it's running around about one point, between 1 and 1.5 cents, uh, Euro cents, or uh, 1.5 euros a liter in tax, or about 70% of the price. And the point is, is we're doing many pilots in the U.S., we're at the close of mandating, and we actually have some opt-in programs where electric vehicle owners can pay by the mile, or they can pay a flat, a flat fee, which is no relationship to distance traveled, so it's a time-based or vignette-based system. And in Europe, one of the things that I'm really interested in trying to look at is how Europe can take advantage of the fact that there's been a lot of research going on in light vehicle and the change of the light vehicle paradigm and how it can be start to come to Europe because Europe is facing a cliff that's much steeper. If you imagine that, if you go to a gas station and you put in petrol in Europe, you actually spend about five times more in tax per liter than you do in the U.S. And so the cliff is much steeper. And I don't know where we're headed, but we are headed into a sort of an abysmal situation where countries and public authorities need to start looking at what are we going to do. So my goal is to get pilots going in Europe so that people can get a better understanding because you can't change the way people pay to drive on the roads unless they understand how they pay now. You need to understand. That's the key, isn't it? I mean, like, uh, what car do you drive, Steve? <laughs> I, I, uh, I moved into an apartment last year and I, I, I upgraded to a hybrid yeah. because I don't have the facilities in terms of in-home electric charging to have an EV, but I consider that a stopgap. My next car will probably be an electric vehicle when they become more available. And as we see the cars are coming out more and more. I think in the U.S. I've heard that there's like 20 some EV models coming out yeah. between now and th this time next year. And so we're going to be flooded with opportunities for people to have EVs. And the whole notion of the electric charging network, I think it'll it'll take off. We're seeing the, the, the advent of new fast charging, DC fast charging stations that can give you a charge up, not up to 100%, but in 10 minutes. And I defy anybody to go to a gas station and not spend an average of about 10 minutes at the gas station, especially if they take a minute to go to the loo while they're gassing. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, um, we all like to get a, get a coffee and, uh, and stretch our legs and uh, yeah, it's, it's coming. I was thinking maybe because in the US you have that link that all the, all the gas tax goes on roads, whereas in Europe, certainly in the UK and a lot of countries, it goes on other stuff. That's why it's so high, because it's a tax that is, is used for all kinds of things. And I thought maybe that would improve the understanding in the US 
of how roads are paid for. But you thought, actually, no, in your research, actually people don't know how roads are paid for. They don't know, but what we're doing in many states, and I would say there's probably about 15 states who are doing active research on educating the general public about the need to do something about the financial crisis for operating and maintaining our roads. We're seeing, a, uh, we're seeing a lot of research, we're seeing a lot of outreach. If you take the example of Hawaii, I believe where we did 27 community-based meetings, it's really getting down to the local level. You do get uh, an increased understanding of the need for change, but it really means you have to sit down almost one-on-one -on -one with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And one of the benefits of doing pilots in any state is that it allows you, say you have 2,000 people who participated in a pilot in the state of Washington, I consider those 2,000 people mini champions because they become very cognizant of the, of the issues. They become aware of using an app or different ways of calculating their distance base and having a, an invoice, even if it's a mock invoice, they get to play with a system that could be part of the future transition. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're the pioneers, as it were. Yeah, I call them the, the new champions. The new every, champions, and many, yeah. And, and I like the example of having worked in, in, in the West Coast, and there's been quite a few research projects on the East Coast, but now we're kind of we're getting to where the state of Kansas, I like to mention, the state of Kansas has a, has a, a U.S. federal grant to look at what, what is a Midwestern approach to distance-based charging or changing it. How does it relate? Because when I, being from the Midwest, we really don't give a darn they think out on the West Coast or the East Coast. It has to be made in Iowa or made in Kansas. It's this sort of Midwestern heartland where, you know, those people have the, the, the seaboards. Well, the seaboards are a different breed of people. <laughs> there we go. Well, we could start a debate on that. Let's not start a oh, debate on that. Let's all go down that road no, anymore. No, no. I won't get in trouble with my friends. <laughs> East versus West. <laughs> yes. And th versus the Midwest. No, the Midwest. <laughs> um, we won't go down that route. But we will um, uh, increasingly be thinking about how, how this might happen in Europe. There is a little bit of a head-in-the-sand approach. Certainly politicians, you know, certainly in the UK where I'm from, you know, uh, uh, every time it's mentioned, it's sort of the can is kicked down the road and uh, uh, no one wants to think about paper mile charging and the, the media are very hostile to it. And it's, a, it's that's the biggest challenge, isn't it? The technology is there. We can do paper mile. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an education challenge. It is an education challenge. But one of the things I like is the dates. The date of 2030 is a date in the United Kingdom where they're going to stop selling internal combustion engines. Well, at that time, there won't be anybody paying gas tax for any new cars that they're buying. If, you can't, if you're not paying a gas tax, you're not paying a tax to drive on the roads. So between now and 2030, which when you think about it, we're almost 20, well, we're into 2022. It's really tomorrow yeah. in today's time. And so I know that in many countries around Europe, they're beginning to take a, a wider perspective on what's going on in other parts of the world and even in their own country, and they've got to start doing something. The time is now, and I believe that we're on the cusp of, 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 a, higher rec uh, of a higher recognition in many, in many member states in, in the European Union to start taking a closer look because even if the money is not hypothecated or dedicated to roads as it is in the U.S., I like the report that I recently wrote. Um, with a friend of mine about the future of, of distance based, the future of transportation funding in Europe, where the UK government gets 2% of its annual take from EVs or from uh, fossil, or no, from ICEs and from registration fees. And currently, EVs don't pay registration fees and they don't pay a tax or, or a, a tax 
drive on the roads. They don't pay a, a kilometer or, or a mileage tax to drive on the roads. So the problem is, is that we are going to run into really, really almost a, uh, we're going to run into basically what would it be? Well, we're going to jump off a cliff. Yeah. And, and the UK is going to have to do something as other countries are. And we're seeing a growing recognition of a need to do something. In other words, the do nothing scenario that many member states and many politicians have been promoting for years is no longer tenable. You have to pull your head out of the sand. Remember what I said about the U.S. There's around 12 to 15 states looking into the distance space charge. They're not all on one political side of the aisle. And that's the thing I like most. If you look at the example of Oregon, which was the first state to put in an optional system, it's primarily a fairly democratically controlled state. And then you look at Utah, which is very very Republican. They have a what I call a, a fundamental notion of their conservatism or pub, uh, Republicanism about fiscal responsibility. And that's why Utah, being extremely red state, made the jump and went directly to implementing an opt-in system. So what I'm trying to say is that in the U.S., you can now see it's not just one political side of the aisle that's for changing the way we pay to drive on the road so it's fair and equitable for everybody, even those Tesla owners. <laughs> We're seeing it becoming more mainstream. And as time goes on, it's going to become more important. The United States has a lot of money being put out there for more research in the next few years. I don't need to go on that, but I believe that the European Commission, European countries need to start pulling their heads out of the sand and start taking a more proactive approach about how we're going to deal with the need to do something about the reducing revenues as we switch very rapidly to EVs in some countries. We will continue that conversation in the magazine. Exactly. Uh, we're going to do a feature coming up on uh, road user charging. Hopefully we can take some of the lessons from the States and talk to some of the uh, people uh, implementing these systems in the States and, uh, and uh, put that out there for both for other states in the US but also for our international readers so that they can learn a little bit more about what's coming and, and how they should do this. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll maybe leave the... The, the, to the people that are doing it to uh, tell us what we should be learning but I don't know are there any closing remarks on like what you think we should be uh, what would be the main lessons that we can learn from where we are so far in the States well I think the main lesson is I like to say education 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 you need to educate the the politicians, you need to educate the policymakers or the civil servants, and you need to educate the masses about the dire need to do something now. And if you continue to wait, it's only going to increase the problems of transitioning. Because here's my here's my thing. I call electric vehicle owners the low-hanging fruit. Today, they do not represent a significant constituency of the driving public. So if you can get them to adhere to and to accept the fact that they need to pay their share to drive on the roads, it'll be easier as we go forward, as more EV owners come in, because they're already going to be in the system that exists. And that's one of the reasons why the opt-in system in Oregon and in, in, in Utah could be a good example to start with. Remember, I'm going to say the low-hanging fruit, they're out there. And, and a comment I would close is that when you talk with electric vehicle owners, especially in the U.S. and probably in Europe, they recognize the need that they shouldn't be driving on the roads for nothing. Yeah, we need to uh, get that out there. That's brilliant. Well, we've still got a little bit more time to lose, though. Yes. Like, 
How's it been? How it's you been? It's been wonderful. Uh, I'm not having been in Europe and been to an ITS conference in Europe for a number of years. It's been exhilarating to meet people, to be in a beautiful La Ville Rose, as we say. Ah. Uh, the food is good. You know, you don't have to worry about having crappy uh, conference food here because no, they're in France. The food's good everywhere, yeah. right? Well, I mean, that's what France is all about. Like yeah. Italy and Spain and Portugal, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's many countries. So I've loved being here with friends and seeing people like you, Tom. We've talked many times over the last few years in two dimensions. And so the most important thing for me is seeing people in three dimensions. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We're seeing everyone and enjoying this fabulous weather and uh, having a, have, oh no, we're sitting outside here in the shade. Yeah, thank you very much. Nice. Very nice, yeah. very nice to chat to you. And uh, My pleasure. Uh, we, will, we will keep this conversation going. I hope you enjoyed Tom's interview with Steve Morello. Join me again soon for another episode of the Transportation Podcast from TTI. In the meantime, stay in touch with us on Twitter at Traffic Tech Mag, online at trafficteknologytoday.com, and of course, via this podcast. That's it from me. Until next time. The Transportation Podcast from TTI is an MA Business production. Please like and subscribe. If you're interested in appearing on the podcast, reach us via our website, trafficteknologytoday.com, or email traffic at markallengroup.com. <laughs>